0: You are Locked it's On Lockdown Hornets, Hornets. We're part, part of the Locked On Podcast, podcast network. network. It's your team your every team, day. Every Local day. experts on the number the minute, one daily sports not. podcast network. You can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get your pods. You follow us on Twitter at Locked On Hornets, at Walker Mail, and at Nada the Scribe. We're going to talk about LaMelo Ball's chances to win rookie of the year this season. Also, 538 dropped their projections on the year. How many... Uh, How many games does 538 think the Hornets are going to win this season? And what is the percentage of the chance for them to make the playoffs? We'll get to that in the last segment today. But first, we have to get to what everyone was clowning yesterday and overreacting to Gordon Hayward's injury. Not were you one that overreacted to Gordon Hayward's injury when we saw it yesterday?
1: I just sighed. So technically, a sigh is not an overreaction. (laughs) Um, it, it, It really isn't, if you really think about it. I I was just like yeah this type of thing normally happens and then when you realize "Uh, it's only day to day it's not that big of a deal
0: Um, well people were losing their minds talking about of course Gordon Hayward got injured some were here for the jokes and realizing that it really wasn't that big of a deal but it doesn't seem like a huge problem nada Um, Gordon Hayward has a fracture at the base of his pinky finger of his right hand that's his shooting hand and it'll cause him Mm -hmm. to at least miss tonight's game not going to play against the Orlando Magic in tonight's game that tip is set for 7 p.m. The injury. Uh, according to Rick Bennell of the Charlotte Observer and the Charlotte Hornets, the injury is not considered serious enough to require surgery. He will be listed as day-to-day. It's expected Hayward can play whenever he's comfortable to do so. So as far as pain tolerance and performing effectively, Hayward shoots with his right hand. The Hornet, uh, Hornet statement also called this an avulsion fracture, which, this is the gross part, it means a small chunk of bone attached to a tendon or ligament was pulled away from the main part of the bone. Yikes, which is yikes. gross, and we're calling it day-to-day. Barry. It's funny, like, oh yeah, that's the insignificant part. Uh, If a real fracture would have happened, that would have been worse. But this is an avulsion fracture. It seems icky, but still, at least it's good enough for it to be just day to day. I talked with Rick on the wake-up call earlier today, and he said that, of course, he's going to miss tonight's game. He would... If it was, if he were Borrego that he'd hold Gordon Hayward out for the last preseason game, but he would be extremely surprised if Gordon Hayward missed the season opener to start the regular season. So that's where we are with Gordon Hayward, man. I mean, this isn't look it. It's yeah. an injury Gordon Hayward just got 30 mil a year. He immediately suffers an injury in preseason. Everybody was running wild with this thing. Nothing too big here. As long as Gordon Hayward can come back by the regular season, which it very much. So seems he is going to suit up. Then crisis averted. What did you make of the injury from Gordon Hayward? Not
1: honestly, it's, it's not that big of a deal. If this was one of those things like broken hand, he's out the first two months of the season, okay, I get it, I get, like, the sky is falling, but for it to be a day-to-day injury, he's not gonna miss a season opener, and for this team, I would honestly argue that the time that he's going to miss in preseason is more of a good thing, because it'll give the Hornets more reason to test These funky lineups that Borrego has been experimenting with and openly admitting he's experimenting with right now. So if that means we can see a Bridges, McDaniel, um, PJ lineup at three, four, five. Yo, I'm kind of here for it right now. Let's get crazy. This is exactly what the preseason is for. This is not to get your regular season rotation down because, quite honestly, you're not going to have that time anyway. You only got two weeks to set up. You might as well get crazy with it early. And more importantly... Because this is a gap year, because this is a year for experimentation in which James Brego has already said in a press conference that he's not going to know this team or know the ins and outs of this team for another two to two and a half months, that's okay. Let's experiment, let's get crazy, and let's focus on the winning when it comes to the second half all of this uh, of the season, which the schedule hasn't even been announced yet for. So let's figure all that
0: yeah, out. Yeah, James Brego did say afterwards that uh, in media availability today that he was actually going to ramp up the minutes for all of the projected starters, um, everybody but Gordon Hayward, obviously, who's hurt. And so everybody else, the actual guys that are going to be a part of the rotation. They're going to be getting big boy minutes the next two preseason games before, of course, they start. On the 23rd, if there was anything to worry about here, not for Gordon, I think it would be the fact that it is on his shooting hand. I would worry a little bit about maybe the pain tolerance that comes with the pinky injury that he suffered. Is it going to throw him off of his, uh, off of his shot a little bit? That would be the only thing. But again, I'm not worried about it whatsoever. And the thing about Gordon is the fact that we already have seen him score effectively the Mm -hmm. first two preseason games. He looked really good just scoring the basketball, some turnovers here and there, but we just talked about it yesterday. He's going to be rock solid. He was rock solid in the first two preseason games. That's going to happen if he were to play the last two. He's not because of the injury. I'm cool with Gordon Hayward. We're good on that. I want to mention a little bit of James brego's other comments that he had with media availability today in order to replace Gordon Hayward in the preseason games. He said Hayward's minutes would likely be distributed between Cody and uh-huh. Caleb Martin, Jalen McDaniels and Malik Monk. So four of those guys making up the minutes that are there for the taking because of Hayward's absence. And he also talked about wanting to work in a lineup of the front court being a Jalen McDaniels, Miles Bridges, and PJ Washington. Nada, that's exactly what I talked about yesterday. How you would go to small ball, but McDaniels would be tall enough to not sacrifice a ton of height down low. Um, even if he's going to be the three, he was still in the dunker spot when they were playing um, uh, in this game and game number two and Devonte Graham found him for an assist that allows you to have a little bit more height out there on the court with McDaniels running the three. I also am excited. I'm glad to hear James brego talk about that because that's also a lineup. I really Absolutely. To see it's
1: action. a great lineup that you want to see in action. And I just, for me, I, I think this is the best possible outcome because you'll have guys that can defend that do have length and can hit threes. I think at the end of the day, this is going to end up working a lot towards the, the other thing is though, like I'm am am I kind of excited to like be to see a Martin twin starting? Yeah, because if we're really honest.
0: As long as it's Cody more than Caleb. I mean, you want to see yes. Cody more than Caleb.
1: Absolutely, but I at this point I'm kind of excited because at this point we don't know about the perimeter defense on this team and perimeter defense has been a weakness will continue to be a weakness and if you can get one more guy out there to necessarily Keep people from getting into the paint so easily and then make the, make defenses and, def- and offenses work. I'm kind of OK with that, too, right now. So if it's going to be a um, Devontae, Terry, Cody Martin, PJ, PJ Zeller starting lineup, I'm OK with that because at least we know that's probably the best defensive five you can throw out there for right now, unless you're talking about going fully Martinized which I don't ever recommend even in Ben situations at this point right now. I
0: want to see Malik Monk too just to see you know he, he's got he's got his first game under his belt. Hopefully that got rid of whatever kind of little problems big problems that you would have. I just want to see him be more comfortable hopefully he doesn't go one for six again where he's throwing up bad shots that really go off of the backboard. I just <laughs> hope that he gets a little bit more comfortable can play with a rotation that's going to get some legitimate minutes this season and we'll see what happens and Rick today I I was a little surprised to hear him say this, um, that he feels really comfortable that Malik Monk is going to be a part of the rotation, uh, you know, going into the season. And it's not, it's not that I'm surprised, I guess, to hear Malik is going to be a part of it. It's just, he seemed very comfortable saying that. And I'm, I'm kind of scared to death, to be honest with you about Malik. Um, and we'll, we'll see how that works. And I hope that he actually can play well in the next two preseason games, or at least just fine enough to warrant some minutes in the regular season right off the bat.
1: Now I'm kind of with you on this though, but the one thing I do worry about with, with, with Malik is I don't expect any, I quite honestly, the way he looked on Monday, I don't expect anything like legitimately good for him, from him for the next two weeks. I really don't. He looked that flat to me. So if he was going to be a part of this rotation, if you told me he was going to be a part of this rotation and get significant minutes starting January 5th as an arbitrary date, I would believe you. But if we're talking about the first two weeks of games, I don't expect him to contribute. That would be (laughs) foolish considering exactly how he looked And just how, like, dead his legs looked, unfortunately. Yeah. I don't expect anything from him. I don't think fans should expect anything from him. And the less we expect from him early – the better he surprises us in January. And again, that's good for everybody,
0: right? <laughs> yes, if if we can, it's always the promise low and then deliver high. I would love for that to happen. That way we can just all be excited when Malik Monk balls out because we had tried to get everybody ready to say, hey, he's not going to be good and then he's great. And then it can be that much more sweeter. Speaking of sweeter, let's get to Belt Bar. It's a fantastic and delicious tasting energy bar. It's the best one on the market. They've got 18 amazing flavors, including six new ones, caramel brownie cookie and cream carrot cake lemon almond cheesecake apple almond crisp and cherry barcia they're great for you too as far as a health standpoint goes they're great for the health conscious guy and you can lose or maintain weight while indulging in that delicious treat. They're low calorie, they're low sugar, they're high protein, they're high fiber. And if you're on the keto diet, it's great for that too. Plus you get a free cooler with your purchase of Built Bar while supplies last. Go to builtbar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get 20% off of your next order. Again, use promo code LOCKEDON for 20% off at builtbar.com. What are the chances that LaMelo Ball wins Rookie of the Year? Where does ESPN experts have him in their list? We'll talk about that next on the Locked on Hornets podcast.
1: This is Locked on Hornets. So if you don't believe in the moon landing, Mm -hmm. then what would you say is the greatest human achievement?
0: I think the greatest achievement of all time, and I think it's Vince Carter doing 360s clockwise rather than counterclockwise. It's really tough. I've tried it. It's really tough. It's
1: time for more
0: of the Locked on Hornets podcast. Coming up tomorrow, we'll recap the Charlotte Hornets' third preseason game. What were the storylines, the main ones? How did the guys that were filling in for Gordon Hayward look in this one? The Jalen McDaniels, Miles Bridges, PJ lineup. Also, LaMelo Ball, of course, will lead off with LaMelo and how he played, good or bad. And mostly positive so far. Hopefully the shot can fall down a little bit more uh, frequently tonight. Uh, We will see. Of course, we will recap that on tomorrow's podcast. Speaking of LaMelo Ball, ESPN did release their, I guess, predictions of all the experts that um, voted on who they thought had the best chance to win Rookie of the Year, and the top five leads off with Lamelo Ball. Uh, Nada, uh, he got 80 points. That means 36 percent of the first place votes. Second was James Wiseman with 20, uh, with 21 percent of the first place votes. So Lamelo Ball beating him by 15. Anthony Edwards, the first overall pick with Minnesota, he got 11 percent of the first place votes. And to round out the top five, Obi Toppin comes in with seven percent, and Tyrese Halliburton. Uh, he actually. Got eleven uh, percent of the first place votes, but finished with less total points than what Obi Toppin did. So Obi Toppin him with thirty-two points. Tyrese Halliburton for the Kings had twenty-one points. But Lamelo leading the way significantly with total points and first place votes. Nada. Do you think that Lamelo Ball is going? Do you think he should be the favorite to win Rookie of the Year this season?
1: I hate to say this, and this is coming from a guy that really likes him. No. Like, unfortunately for LaMelo, he is in a situation where you could tell most of the national media has not watched the Charlotte Hornets in the last little bit. And for better or for worse, I think LaMelo would have to be significantly better than either Terry Rozier or Devontae Graham. And they both have skills right now that LaMelo doesn't. And that's a perimeter jump shot until Lamelo develops something to where he's a consistent threat he's not going to fight he's not going to make his way into the lineup because unfortunately what the hornets like to do doesn't work with him starting unless there's an injury and even in that case i don't see i don't necessarily see him starting this early Um, Uh, and go ahead i I don't know I, i i honestly don't know if you told me that He basically wins rookie of the year because of what he does in a significant like he just explodes in the second half of the season. Then, yeah, I can see it. But for right now, he's got a lot of catching up to do all these rookies necessarily do. And for me, because the Knicks are just so bad. I can see Obi Toppin running away with this. Um,
0: running away with it. Yeah, I hear you on LaMelo. The, the scoring is going to be a problem, so there's good news and bad news if you really want LaMelo to win. The good news is the fact that I can't tell you who else is going to win over LaMelo except maybe Obi Toppin and maybe the defense just is so overlooked. Let's say that Obi Toppin lives up to all of the non-hype defensively and is absolutely god-awful, but can also score, gets opportunities with the New York Knicks, then maybe on a bigger stage, then yeah, maybe Obi is somebody that could uh, steal rookie of the year and the other guys that were winning this as well or um, that are in the top five, Halliburton, Edwards, and Wiseman. Wiseman's not going going to get enough stats to win rookie of the year. It's going to be the Steph Curry show. It's going to be Draymond Green. I know they don't have Clay Thompson, but even Eric Paschal is going to score more than James Wiseman is. So I don't think Wiseman is going to be even close to uh, to being in the running for Rookie of the Year. Anthony Edwards is also not going to be the leading scorer on a team that has D'Angelo Russell and Carl Anthony Towns. I just don't think the stats are going to be there for Anthony either. Obi is someone that, yeah, maybe I could see it. I don't see it for Tyrese Halliburton. Denny Avdia is somewhat interesting, but it's going to be the Beal and Wall show. Like, it's, it, LaMelo is going to get the highlights. You are going to turn on Sports yeah. Center. You are going to follow ESPN on your Twitter app, and you're Going to see Lamelo Ball in your face constantly. The popularity of Lamelo Ball is going to help him a lot. The bad news for Lamelo is I don't expect him to score a lot, right? And I would imagine no. that you uh, would 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 think the same. You look at the stats for rookies of the year who actually come away with the award. The last person to win averaging less than 15 points per game it was Malcolm Brogdon at 10.2 and we know how bad that draft class was now granted this is also a pretty poor draft class and Lamelo was going to be as flashy and as shiny as anybody out there playing but he also in malcolm brogdon he scored 10.2 points per game and shot 40 percent from three um you know that's going to matter you have to go all the way back another rookie that scored under 15 points per game the next rookie that i can find nada goes all the way back to 0203 with Amari Stoudemire averaging 13 and a half with a fun Phoenix team and then you yeah. go to 2000 and 2001 where Mike Miller averaged 12 points per game um, and so with Orlando, those are the guys, right? So you're talking about 11.9 uh, 13 uh, points per game for Amari, and then ten. You're talking about ten points per game for Malcolm, and I wouldn't be surprised. I, I mean, I guess Lamelo could get to ten, but I wouldn't be crazy shocked if he doesn't. The assist numbers are going to have to be nuts. And what's interesting about Rookie of the Year the last three years is all three of them have averaged six assists or more and had the fifteen points per game. The assists will be there for Lamelo. Yes, it's will. all it's all about the points, and it's all about how much does scoring matter to the voters. And Obi, I would say. has has a shot to, of course, pass Lamelo Ball on the scoring because he's going to be the guy that gets a lot of minutes. I don't know. It's going to be interesting, right? Like, I, I would say yes. I would say that Lamelo Ball should be the favorite because I think the popularity of him and the fact that ESPN can't stop tweeting about him and showing him. I think that's going to do a lot for Lamelo's chances to win at the end of this year. And I think that um, you know he'll, he'll still be able to score in the. Hopefully, he'll be able to get some layups and enough of the shots at the rim in order to. Um, you know, at least not be an abysmal, like five points per game. Right. Like that would be really tough for him to do it. So I, I would say, yes, he's the favorite for me. Nada, that's what I would say.
1: Um, um, I would also, but here's the thing. I, I hear you. I hear you. I'm going to throw a name at you that you're going to be like, oh, he's just throwing this out for no reason. But I kind of like this might be the year another second rounder wins it. I kind of like Theo Maladon.
0: From, yeah, OKC. it makes sense. And I was, g- no, it doesn't surprise me because it, it's all about opportunity. How good are you and how much opportunity do you have? And so, if you're talking about Theo Melodon, then that's someone with OKC who is going to be with Shay Gilgis Alexander who might lead the show, but also that might be enough just to draw enough attention to that franchise. And then you're talking about, oh, wait, here's someone that also has the ball a lot because he's going to mm-hmm. be playing in the backcourt. And it's going to be an OKC team that has a ton. Who else are they going to get their stats from? Exactly. You know, Adams is gone. Chris Paul is gone. You're, they're trading everybody. So, yeah, I, I don't hate that whatsoever. It's a name that, honestly, I was going to bring up. And the fact that he put up 20 points in his preseason debut, yeah. you know, that's something to like, certainly, as well. I'm trying to look at some other guys that might be um, like, some like sleepers Maladon, in that regard. Maladon
1: made so much sense to me, though, because, again, he put Tony up on the Spurs. And he's already a pro. He's similar to, in that Killian Hayes, LaMelo Ball right. aspect where they've been playing professional ball for a couple of years before they even came into the NBA. So their growth curve is a little less. Maladon makes sense because he's a French pro. He's Again, he knows Tony Parker. He knows Nick Batum. He knows the French system. So he's going to be one of those guys with a guy like Shea Gildas Alexander. And then on top of that, having Al Horford, who, while he's not what he used to be, is one of still one of the best facilitating playmaking centers in the league. I forgot.
0: So, I forgot they had Horford. Yeah, exactly.
1: You forget about that. But <laughs> right. but this is one of those times where Al Horford's going to play himself into getting traded, and Sam Presti is going to collect more first-round picks. You almost see this coming right now. But a guy like Maladon mm-hmm. works because there are going to be a plenty of shots, plenty of opportunities, and there are plenty of playmakers on that on that OKC team. And unfortunately, I already know where the narrative is going to go with this if Lamelo Ball doesn't win, and it's I'm, it's not going to be fair at all.
0: I mean, it, does he have to win? I mean, I I don't. As long as somebody balls out, right? You think he, you think he's got to win, or else he's going to get criticized? I think
1: he's got to win or he i think he's quite honestly i think he's gotta win because if not then we're gonna get back to that favorite narrative of ours of mm-hmm. michael jordan and the hornets don't know how to draft they don't know how to develop yada 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 that broken record over and over and over and in a scenario where everyone's taking Lamelo ball like every day mm-hmm. and then twice on sundays maybe even three times
0: yeah um I think Theo Melodon is a good one, and uh, I, I do think the Lamella ball will be my favorite. I hear you, though. The scoring is the thing that certainly scares you um, just as far as what would be in the eyes of the voters on who they would give that award to. Before we go to the third segment today, let's talk about Built Go because um, it's a fantastic one and a half ounce package of physical workout gel. And whether it's a mental or physical wall that you're trying to break through, uh, you can bring it You can bring it with you and it can be on the go with you every single day. Plus it comes in three delicious flavors, peanut butter, honey, chocolate, coconut, and chocolate mint. It's kind of like a five hour energy without the same crash feeling. Plus it's natural, so it's better for the body and it makes you look better too because collagen promotes joint, soft tissue, hair, and skin health. Visit BuiltGo.com and use promo code LOCKED and you'll get 20% off your next order. Again, use promo code LOCKED for 20% off at beltgo.com. Let's go. Have one more segment here on the Locked on Hornets podcast. This is Locked on Hornets. But what he showed in Summer League, comma, a Euro step into a windmill during a game, end of comma, oh, could yeah. put him on the radar of a uh, radar excuse <laughs> me, of all NBA, yeah, on the radar. On the radar <laughs> of all NBA fans as a nightly highlight producer, yeah. You're Charlotte, you're Charlotte coming out there. Yeah, I'm from come uh, from a uh, Catawba County. So- put on
1: the Raider. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast.
0: NBA fans listen up. The Locked on NBA podcast is getting you ready for the start of the regular season with a special week of team preview podcast all this week. Have a couple more days to go of that. Make sure you check it out. And if you just so happen to miss a few of the earlier episodes, the beautiful thing about a podcast is you can go back and check them out. Plus waiver wire editions from the Locked on Fantasy Basketball podcast and rookies to watch from draft guru Chad Ford. Subscribe to Locked on NBA wherever you get your podcast. Five thirty out came with uh, five thirty eight came out with their projections on each NBA franchise, how many games are going to win and the percentage of them actually making the playoffs. The Charlotte Hornets nada. They come in with a twenty four <laughs> game, a twenty four victory projection for five thirty eight, which would lead to a eight percent chance of making the playoffs. That is the fourth worst. Amount of wins in all of the NBA and the three teams behind them just so happen to reside in the East. It's the Knicks coming in at 23 and 49. The Cavaliers coming in at 22 and 50. Detroit is dead last after their weird big man offseason, 18 and 54. Hornets, 24 and 48. The Bulls are ahead of them at 25 and 47, tied with the Wizards at 25 and 47. What do you think of the Hornets' projection by 538? Twenty-four and forty-eight, eight percent chance to make the postseason.
1: I feel like it's accurate, right? I think we got to feel. I kind of feel like this is accurate because I don't see them winning many games in the first half of this season. Quite honestly, a nine-month layoff, young guys to break in, and not much time together in nine months is going to cause for a lot of bad basketball and against teams that have had, quite quite frankly, more communication with one another. They are going to be, everyone wants to say, but it's the East, and Matt Moore said this, the Horn- and said it really well. The Hornets are one of those teams that you say, but it's the East about this year, unfortunately. So, you're. I want to say that this team is going to be a better second-half team. I really do believe that. I just don't think they're going to do well in this first half of the season, and it, that's okay. I keep saying this is a gap year for a reason. I don't understand the growing chorus of playoffs coming from that locker room, or at least I partially don't understand it because I think you're setting yourself up for expectations that if they're not met is going to come with a lot of criticism and why bring that excess criticism when you don't need to. But at the same time, I understand these guys got to have a goal and a focus. I just hope, like I said, I hope they get to 24 and if they're the f- fourth worst team in the league this year, that means that's where, right where you kind of want to be in terms of the draft and drafting a really, really good player in a very, very increasingly good draft. That's not the worst thing to be is 24 and 40, 48 in this this year, at least. Yeah. The wealth
0: of the East, it got spread around a little bit. Milwaukee is still going to be there. Toronto, Boston, Miami, Philadelphia, Brooklyn, all of those are sure fires. I skipped Indiana, even though I still think they're going to be better for sure than the Hornets. They're not going to be among, I think, those teams, right? I think they're still going to be the Pacers. They're going to be worse than all of the teams that I just previously mentioned, along with um, I think the Atlanta Hawks who jumped the Hornets mm-hmm. yet still not in the tier of the first five or six teams I listed. And I know people are really low on Orlando, but they didn't lose anybody. And so I don't expect them to get like a ton worse.
1: Yeah, I don't. I mean, agree I just that. don't
0: expect. Yeah, I just don't expect them to get a ton worse. They just didn't lose anybody. They lost Isaac, So I though. still think they lost t- Jonathan Isaac. That matters. Yeah, but you still have Aaron Gordon and Vucevic and they're going to be guys that at least are able to get some like 30 wins for you, 35 and then get close. I'm not saying they're going to make the playoffs, but I think people have them plummeting. You know, 538 has the Orlando Magic at 36 and 36 right at 500 this season with a 67% chance to make the postseason, which I mean, I I guess it does seem a little high for me, but I, I just am not as so sure. Everybody seems so sure that the Orlando Magic, they're going to just Free fall, and I don't expect that to happen. So, I still think the Magic finished with a better record than the Hornets. I, th- I think that the Hawks finished with a better record, and, and Wizards, Bulls probably too. Um, I, You know, it still seems low to me, Nada. If you were to say, Walker, right here, right now, are you going to bet the over or the under on 24? I would say over. I would say I over on 24. The Hornets, I
1: could I could see 20. Yeah. I could see over on 24. When we start talking about 26, 27, I absolutely would take the under. Now, the one thing I will disagree with you on is I think Washington is the team that really got shafted in this these metrics because I can see them scoring on everything everybody oh well no you I, I agree with you on that like, yeah, like I like think I, no I'm with you I think that. the metric I think with Washington I think Washington is the team that everyone thinks Orlando is going to be this year I think they're the clear eight seed I think they're also better well, what, than um I, I do think they're better than Atlanta
0: well hold on I mean for me for me, I I think Washington's better than Orlando. Like I'm not saying that Orlando is a shoe-in to the playoffs by any means. I just feel like people have them kind of free falling. At least my timeline might look different than everybody else's. But it seems like people are so far down on Orlando, like they're gonna be this awful, awful team. I'm like, wait, you know, but yes, they lost Isaac defensively, that's awful. And you would have loved to have seen him take a step up offensively for sure this season too. But They didn't lose Gordon. They didn't like, they just lost. They just, they're bringing back solid guys. You know, Steve Clifford is going to be good enough. At least to have that team sniff in the postseason. but the wizards, I mean, they've got, they've got Russell Westbrook who's still, who's still a good player, right? Mm -hmm. The contract is bad, but Russell Westbrook is still a good player. Bradley Beal is fantastic. I actually think those two work well Mm -hmm. together. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm with you on the wizards to have the wizards. As an 11% chance to make the playoffs and at 25 and 47, I would absolutely pound the over on that too. Yes. Uh, I I completely agree with you on the whiz. All right, that'll do it for the 538 projections. Uh, ready for the Charlotte Hornets game tonight. Real quickly before we end it today. Uh, not, I know, it's going to be three hours before we release it. So uh, what do you want to see tonight? And then you can brag about it if you were right. And if any prediction you want to bring on, on uh, you can uh, uh, brag about it on Friday's podcast.
1: What I, what I will say is, Despite me being low on Lamelo Ball this year, I think he gets. His, I think his, on his rookie of the year, on his rookie of the year chances, I think he gets a triple double tonight. 10, Ten, ten, ten. <laughs> again, because you know what, it's not going to matter. You're crazy,
0: Nada. I, like you are. And I'm not even saying the prediction is nuts. I just, it's just like the Lamelo Ball. He's not going to get the stats to win rookie of the year. And then he's going to get a triple double tonight. That's bold, man. If you get it, hats off to you. I will praise you. And I will give you some nice uh, compliments as to your bold prediction coming true. I don't know what kind of bold prediction I have. I just want to see uh lamello ball actually score. Like I just I, w- I want to see him hit some buckets, maybe hit a couple more threes and just get to the lane. Maybe get ten points and shoot on a better um, shoot f- from a better efficiency. I, I just I just want to see that from Lamello and still be comfortable. Also, I want to see Malik Monk perform better tonight. That's uh, the two things that I would like to see in the third preseason game for the Charlotte Hornets. That wraps up this edition of Lockdown Hornets. Thanks again to you guys for always supporting the show. Now tell your smart device to play the most recent episode of Lockdown NBA. Hollinger and Duncan, and rejecting the screen. Have a great day. We'll recap that third preseason
1: game tomorrow.